Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and this week we have my friend Sarah Dean joining us. We're here to chat about her empire she's built, the Shameless Mom Academy and the Shameless Mom Podcast, but what we really zero in on is living shamelessly, living with freedom. I loved this conversation with Sarah, and I know you will too, so let's dive in. So excited to have you on today. We've been working on getting this on the books for months now. It's a conversation that I've been so excited to have specifically with kind of the topics that are your passion points, shame and how breaking out of that. And so I'm just so excited to have you on today. I think it's going to be an encouraging conversation for our listeners. I would love to have you start by sharing your story, who you are, what you do. Sure. So thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here and honored. And yet I love it when there's a conversation that we've been trying to book for a while and there's like this buildup. It's <laughs> so, like we're here. I know we finally made it to the recording date. So uh, I'm excited. This is going to be a ton of fun. Um, I am Sarah Dean. I'm the host of the Shameless Mom Academy podcast. And so I have my podcast and then kind of built around the podcast. And as a result of the podcast, I have multiple communities of moms that I work with. So I have a membership community, which is called Momentum Mamas. I have a mastermind community of business owners that's called Tenacious Mamas. Um, And then I have my whole, we have our our private Facebook group of 3000 shameless moms who we just connect. I call it like the army of shameless moms who have each other's backs every day, um, which is amazing. So there's kind of these different layers of community built around the podcast and it's amazing. It's so much fun. And it's so funny. I feel sometimes a little bit selfish because I've built this business that like allows me to connect with amazing women every single day. I'm like, I basically built myself a really great friend group. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing, not selfish at all. And everyone's winning the friend group. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. So it's a ton, a ton of fun. And this all started because I had my son. So I have a seven-year-old. Um, we got pregnant after a handful of years of infertility, a lot of things around that that were really hard, really overwhelming. So this baby is finally born. And I thought as soon as he was in my arms, like the magic would begin. And it was not that magical. (laughs) It was really, really hard. And that first year of motherhood just brought me to my knees. I joked with my, so I was in a parent group when my son was about two months old, we joined this parent group and we all had babies the exact same age. And there was, I think seven families. And I kept joking with them that every week we would meet. And I would say, I'm just kind of waiting for life to go back to normal, but otherwise hanging in there. And it took me a year to realize, oh, wait, life doesn't go back to normal after you have a baby you become a new person and eventually you like you adapt to who that person is, but you don't ever quote unquote go back. And for when I realized that it was this huge aha moment. And I realized kind of in conjunction with that, that I had 
built a business and a life that I had outgrown. And then I had to kind of go through this whole identity crisis around like, well, shoot, I built this successful business. I owned a gym at the time. I'd been in the fitness industry for many years. So at that time I'd been in the fitness industry for about 10 years when I had this realization and I was like, what do I do? Like I built a business that isn't really in line with my core values anymore. My whole fitness business was about helping women shrink their bodies and lose weight. And then I had a baby and was like, I don't want to be a part of something that is telling women we should be smaller every day. I want to be a part of something that's telling women we need to take up space and be more powerful and be louder and bigger and like all the ways that we want to be and helping women fixate on how to lose belly fat seems really not in alignment with those core values. And so I, so that was where the shameless mom Academy was born is I had my fitness business, which was my bread and butter, paying the bills, successful local gym. And then I started the podcast as kind of the side hustle And my big pivot was eventually deciding to walk away from this multiple six figure producing business to go all in on a podcast (laughs) that most people thought was like a cute, fun little mom project, um, and decide to build a business around that instead. And so that's, that's how I got here. Wow. I, first off, I love hearing the, the directions your story took and then you would ride that course out and then say, Hey, this is no longer in alignment. It's time for a change. And something, you know, you and I were talking about before this, it, that I, I really love discussing is normalizing those pivots. It's pretty rare these days to ride out the same kind of career path for 40 years. Um, especially when you run your own business, when you're an entrepreneur, of course, it's going to take different, different shapes because we're in a landscape, a digital landscape that constantly evolves. So I would love to go back to that first pivot, you know, going from working with women to become smaller to all of a sudden be like, whoa, this is no longer in alignment. I want to help people learn how to take up space, not shrink. And obviously in different take up space, probably with their presence uh, in different ways. But I would love, love to hear about that pivot and, and what that felt like, because I know that's a big change. It probably felt like you were doing the exact opposite thing after years of being in the fitness industry. Yeah, it did. And and kind of how this came to me was I started, there was all these stories I wanted to tell about going through infertility and about how horrible breastfeeding was and (laughs) how hard motherhood is and kind of how this qualifies you to like going through these really hard experiences qualifies you to be so powerful and to be a leader on a whole nother level. And it, it really qualifies you to be a CEO, whether that is the CEO of your life, the CEO of a big company, the CEO of a small company, the CEO of a company that you start yourself all these things. And so as I realized this, I really felt deeply that I wanted to be having these conversations and be sharing this with other women so that they could have permission to take up more space. And when I made the connection, like, oh, wait, but this is the opposite of what I'm actually making money on with this gym business. (laughs) I was like, okay, so how can I integrate the two? So my idea was like, I'll just try to shift messaging at the gym around and marketing around like, you know, get stronger and be more powerful. And we actually shifted. We had all these transformation programs that we ran every year. And I started shifting a lot of the components around the transformation programs. Instead of, I made all the weigh-ins optional and all the measurements optional. And I made the nutrition protocol, like you can do this or not. You don't have to, before it was like, you have to do weigh-ins, you have to be measured. You have to follow this nutrition plan, which is essentially a diet, all these things. 
And I was like, I'm just going to make all those things optional because I don't want this to be about a woman's success in a program being based on whether or not her body got smaller. And so I felt very good about this. And like, this was the way the world should work now. And, and I still believe that, but, but that's not what people were looking for. And so I would go in and be like, we're not doing weigh-ins. And they're like, what, we're not doing (laughs) how, like what? And it just, there was this disconnect and not that some people did fine with it. Some people loved it. Um, but people were used to a certain message, a certain protocol. And I just realized at this point, I was like, this just isn't something that I want to, like, I can put energy into trying to shift this little brick and mortar community, which I adored. I mean, I'm still in touch with a lot of those clients. I love, love, love them. And I'm so grateful for our time together. But my decision became, do I want to try to shift and pivot this little community here to be like, be in alignment with my new core values that they're not super buying into, or do I want to like create something that where I could have global impact. And so once I had, once I could weigh the, you know, kind of the differences there, I was like, oh, obviously global impact. (laughs) And so, um, I think that that, you know, helped me gain clarity. And I also knew that someone else could come in, that there's other people that could come and take over a fitness business and they could do a great job they want to be learning. Like I always joked, I was like, I don't want to learn the newest kettlebell exercises. Like, I don't care. I don't care what the newest, you know, the newest way to deadlift or whatever. Like, that's just not my passion anymore. I I love exercise. I'll still exercise every day for the rest of my life, but it's not how I want to be of service anymore. And so when I got clear on that, that I need to be working in my passion and that that's how I can have the most impact and that that's going to fuel me and that that's, that was just so clear that that was the the next right step for me or the right next step for me that I was like, I, ha- I have to do that and see what happens. Um, and it, it felt very, very risky, but it yeah. also felt like the only choice. Well, that's what I was going to ask. And I, and I think that's where it, where it gets to a place where it's like, okay, it's like, it's time to do or die. Like I, I want this so bad. I'm just going to put myself out there. But that simultaneously does not detract from the fact that you didn't just like make a career move. You completely changed industries. So what did that feel like? Was that scary? Because I think, you know, I'll often kind of get to a place and it's like, I think, I think it's time to make a change, but like, oh my gosh, am I starting from square one? What if it, what if it's not as successful as the last thing? What if I waste my time? All of those fears. So how did you tackle that? What I ended up doing, so I am not like, um, take a leap kind of a person or like, take a leap and hope that the net will appear kind of a person. I'm very much like build the net as you gingerly walk on it. Kind of uh-huh. <laughs> and so, um, I, or I guess the quote I'm thinking of is leap in the net will appear. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not waiting for the net. I'm like going to build the net and take and tiptoe. And so I, and I've done this, I've now had, I'm now kind of in like my third career at this point. And every time I've made a shift, it's been transitioning slowly out of one thing as I transition slowly into the new thing and validating the new thing over and over and over and over during that transition process, while I still have the safety net of the old thing to go back to if I want to. And so what I did with the podcast, I decided at a certain point, I was like, okay, I really want to go all in on this. 
which would involve me selling my gym. So I, first of all, have to find out, do I have a business I can sell? Because if I do, then that gives me some financial flexibility while I build something new. And then I had to figure out, okay, and if I have this podcast, which at the time the podcast was probably a little under a year old as I was starting to think this through all the way. And I thought, okay, I'm not making any money on this podcast. It's just this hobby, but I'm really loving it. So I need to test a few things to see if I can actually make money doing this. And so I started giving a, putting a few offers out in terms of, I ran a few little four week programs for moms called at the time they were called, um, the momentum mom is mastermind. And we would do like a four week or a six week program where moms would come in and we would have, um, all sorts of like personal development for moms and mindset resets and how to, you know, build courage and confidence and all these kinds of things. And it was amazing. It was a ton of fun. So I was able to validate that. A, I want to be give, be of service in this way and B, I can actually make money doing it, even if it was just a little bit to start off with. And then I was also able to get in touch with someone to find out like, okay, you do have a business that you can sell. Here's what that would look like. Here's what the process looks like. So it was a lot of collecting data and then looking at how can I do this over the course of the next year or so, which ended up being like more than a year because it got really messy. But <laughs> but for me, it was, I went into it and I remember meeting with my my business or my, uh, the broker who was going to help me sell the business. And I told her, I was like, this cannot happen fast. If this happens in three months, I will be screwed. So I need, we need to like be really careful that this doesn't happen fast. And she was really great. She's like, businesses don't tend to sell super fast. So like, you don't have to worry. It ended up taking 18 months, which became grueling. But, um, I, but the whole reason for me thinking that was that like, I needed more than just a few months to figure out how I was going to build something new and to test some offers and to make sure I'm building community the right way and building something that I really love. And so for me, it was a lot of building a new net while I still had the old one. Um, and I think that that's really important, especially, you know, making a career change in my twenties as I did, um, was really low risk compared to being in my forties with two houses and a child and, all, like all of the responsibilities that we have. Yeah. And so when I did this in my twenties, it was like, well, if I have to move home with my mom, I can, and it's a little bit yeah. different. I mean, I could, st- my mom would still have me today, but it was <laughs> way more challenging. So yeah. So I, you know, I built the net while I still had the privilege of uh, having another net under me. And I know not everyone has that choice sometimes. And, you know, we're recording this during COVID. And so sometimes a net disappears on you and you have to frantically build a new net and yes. you don't you don't get to choose the transition but that's how i've always gone about it is the slow building and and validating things as i go well i i love that you said that because a i tend to operate like that as well i have had a net disappear and that was real fun but you know when your back's against the wall you make it work right but I typically, if I'm choosing to pivot because something has started to feel out of alignment, I have grown to resent it. I don't want to do the work anymore. You know, whatever indicator that is this in alignment anymore? I'm not sure. You know, I have slowly built a net because I'm like you. I'm not like, oh, take the leap. It'll work out. It's like, no, like make sure you have put systems and strategies in place. And I'll typically, you know, for instance, if for a season, if I have retainer clients, I'll keep those retainer clients until 
my new offer or my new thing is making equal to or more than that. And and I'll just work a little extra for a season. And that feels like more wise advice to me for listeners, because on the flip side, you have coaches who are like, you know, do a second mortgage on your house and buy my program. And that feels bad. And there's a lot of techniques like that in this space. So I love your advice there. But I simultaneously, I agree that sometimes like the net disappears. We're in a season right now where nets are disappearing Mm -hmm. left and right. And sometimes that is, you know, the bandaid ripped off to go after what you've been thinking about doing anyway. So, right. Um, and I think, and I think that it's important to know, and cause I'm been, you know, I coach business owners, um, in my business and leadership mastermind and I'm go, you know, we're all going through this together. We've all had nets to one extent or another. We've all had some sort of net turn out from under us with COVID and whatever that might look like for you. I mean, just having kids at home is like right. <laughs> the loss of an education net. Right. So, <laughs> um, so many things, but, um, I think that we have to realize that no matter what kind of a shift or pivot you make, it's always going to be scary. It's always going to be hard. It's always going to be uncomfortable. And you have to look back at the times that you've done this in the past to recognize, oh, wait, I'm actually completely qualified to do this right now. And I've had to give myself that self-talk during COVID and be like, oh, like everything about 2020 that has happened, like there's not a single thing that's happened in 2020 that I, even before COVID that I planned for. And every day I'm like, oh, but wait, remember you've been training, you've had a bit, you've been in business for 17 years for yourself. You've been training for 2020 your entire life. And so I think that when you have that net pulled out, you have to really, really dig into that resiliency that you probably never give yourself credit for and lean on that and recognize like I can get creative. I can get scrappy. I can be nimble because that's what I do. That's who I am. That's how I show up. And I've always figured it out and I always will figure it out. And I think that when we're panicking, we forget all of that. And so we have to really lean into that. I think sometimes when those nets do get pulled out and it's so important to recognize our power in that. Yeah. I was saying recently, I surprise myself in seasons like this. And I think it's kind of like training. Like if you are training in between for those big moments that count, I think it, it really pays off. For instance, last year, the rug was pulled out from under me. My net was gone in a business needed to pivot, but also took that time of like, you know what? I'm going to do a lot of therapy. I'm going to meet with this money energy person. I'm going to meet with this person. You know, I'm going to do the work it takes for me to mentally thrive if this ever happens again. And this year I'm seeing the direct fruit of all of last year's work. And it was painful. It was grueling. There were days where I was like, I just want to escape this. Maybe I should just go back to a day job, which is fine if that's someone listening. But it's interesting to see if you're training kind of in off season, you're ready in season. Not that we want pandemics to happen regularly, but you know, I don't, I don't want another one of these to happen to to test my mindset, but here we are. (laughs) Right. 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 No, I totally agree. I absolutely agree that we have no idea the skills that we can tap into. Um, and that can be a gift. And I also think that we, we underestimate our ability to thrive in trauma (laughs) and which sounds really awful. (laughs) Like who wants to be proud of that? Like, but I've literally (laughs) a few times recently been like, I don't want to brag guys, but I'm really good. I'm really good in trauma. I'm really good. At, and I like my first career was in a psychiatric, I worked with kids in a psychiatric hospital oh and gosh. I, and I go back to like, throw me in a life or death dangerous situation where my life's not on the line, but I can be a helper. 
I am your girl. Like I can show up for you all day long. And so when I see when in this situation right now, I'm seeing my whole community of shameless moms, you know, very legitimately being panicked and worried about different things. And I'm like, Oh, I got you. Like, this is where I shine. So, um, I think that sometimes we underestimate our ability to thrive in these situations or shine in these situations. Um, and, I also think that being a mom helps. <laughs> I, I think so. It definitely allows you to to adapt quickly. I'm sure yes. with all the, the yes. all the changes that happen over the course of just a 24 hour period. Totally. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network, and now a message from a network supporter. We've all seen the skier responsibility code. This year, Vermont added a few more to keep things safe on and off the mountain. Before visiting, follow travel guidelines and quarantine at home for seven days with a negative COVID-19 test. While here, wear masks, distance, avoid crowded places. It's the same Vermont experience, just with more responsibility. Visit vermontvacation.com for up-to-date travel guidelines. Plan ahead, follow the code, save the season. This podcast is sponsored by Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their sphere of influence through a variety of ways, which is why Denison Ministries is excited about sponsoring what God is up to on the Radiant Podcast. One of the cool ways Denison Ministries helps Christians feel closer to God is through their first 15 devotional. First 15 is designed to help you spend the first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through meaningful devotional, scripture, worship, and prayer. Grow closer to God this year. You can sign up to get the First 15 email devotional sent directly to your inbox at first15.org slash subscribe, or start your day off with the First 15 devotional podcast anywhere you listen. So I would love for you to share more about the Shameless Mom community you have, the podcast you have. It's really your heart behind even calling it Shameless. Where was that birthed out of? This is a great story. Um, So it was actually originally called the Selfish Mom Academy, which I was really excited about and launched my show. And within a few days, I got a cease and desist from someone who... um, (laughs) So this is one of those things, you know, that made me more resilient later on, but was awful in the moment. So I was, I had launched the show. I had immediate success with it because I had a lot of friends being very supportive. So I was so, so like on cloud nine that I had done this thing. And the show was only a few days old. I'm getting on a plane to go to LA for a meeting. And I get this message in my inbox as I'm walking on the plane. That's like, Hey, this is so-and-so. And I actually hold this trademark that you are infringing upon. I need you to remove your show from everywhere within 24 hours, or <gasps> I will file a lawsuit. Oh <laughs> my gosh. And I'm like, I'm on the plane, like shaking. I was so upset and free. I, w- I would never, and anyone who knows me knows that like, I would never knowingly do something like that because it would make me sick to my stomach immediately, which is exactly what happened. So I'm sitting on this flight for like three hours, losing my mind. I get off the flight. I call my lawyer. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And, and you know, the interesting thing about it is that it became a really big lesson to me around women supporting other women because this, the woman handled it just so horribly. She assumed really bad intent 
And I don't understand, like in my mind, there's never a reason to assume bad intent. I think it's always beneficial to assume good intent. So if she had come to me and said like, Hey, maybe you don't know this, but just FYI. And could you maybe make a change? I still would have freaked out and done it immediately, but I wouldn't have been like this. Oh, holy cow. I'm going to get sued. Like it it just, it felt very heavy and dark and mean spirited. And so anyways, I ended up having to change the name of the show very quickly. Um, and I wanted it to still start with an S. And so we came up with shameless and it was literally me in a hotel room with my husband on the phone, going through dictionary.com looking for words that started with S <laughs> and I came up with shameless, but what's been such a great gift. And this is what we always have to look at is like that situation was really stressful. It cost me a whole bunch of money. Cause I had to get two lawyers involved. Um, wow. I just felt awful because I felt like I had, this woman made me feel really bad, which in hindsight, I just ended up realizing that I should not have given her that much power. But what ended up happening is I changed the name to shameless and I recognized that that name had was so much more dynamic and I could do so much more with it. And even in that story right there, I felt immediate shame when I recognized or when I thought that I had made a mistake that negatively impacted someone. And the reality was that there should have been no shame on my part because I, what I did had no bad intent. It was, completely innocent mistake. I fixed it as soon as I possibly could. Um, like, but yet I carried shame around that. Cause that's what a lot of women do is we, if we do something wrong, we feel guilty or shameful, or if we think we've done something wrong, even if we haven't done something wrong, we immediately feel this shame or this guilt. And so, um, it became so obvious that this had to happen. Like, I'm so glad now that it did because I was Im- able to immediately leverage the experience of um, going through that with this new name. And since then it's been able to create so many more opportunities for me to build community around let's not be shameful and let's not be guilt-ridden as moms and as women. And let's look at what that really means when we do carry that shame. Like what is, what purpose is that serving or not? And how is it holding us back and what damage is it doing? And how can we step to the other side of that into the power? Because the thing, wherever we're carrying shame, there's a fine line that you can cross over and that immediately gives you power in this exact same situation. And you can take the most horrific, horrific situation. You can give, you know, like an example, like being raped. That's a really, really awful, bad situation and you can immediately assume that women feel, I mean, you can assume that women feel shame. And if you've been in that situation, you can probably relate to feeling shame around that. And you can also look at what if you could find power from that? What if you could take the th- one of the worst things that's ever happened to you and turn it into the thing that actually makes you powerful? And there's so many ways to look at that, to use an example like that instead of using, instead of leveraging a situation or an experience and coming out the other side with shame, coming out the other side with power. And so, um, I'm, that's, that's kind of the story behind the shameless mom Academy getting its name, but it's also been this evolution of women being able to take the things that we are most uncomfortable with, that we feel the most insecurities around the most shame, the most guilt around and, really harnessing those and turning our biggest struggles into our biggest, our greatest strengths and turning our stories into strengths instead of hiding them in shame. And instead of holding onto them and keeping them close to our hearts, um, trapped in armor and instead sharing them as gifts that we can use to give us power. And in many cases to make money, (laughs) I'm like, I'm not going to lie. We can make a lot of money by flipping our power, shame into power. 
Wow. Well, man, I just so resonated with kind of how you position that because it's so true. It is the things I've overcome that were deeply painful, that had a tinge of shame attached to them that have become some of my biggest messages today. Um, And the things that I love to talk about most, the way I love to serve the most, I love to help, you know, I overcame that. So I like to turn around and offer a hand to someone a few steps behind me and help them get through it like that. That is so true. The very thing that was shameful can be powerful. And man, I just, I love that. I could, I could talk about that all (laughs) day long. So I would love to hear, you know, how you've rallied this community of 3000 women. Your podcast is huge. Tell us what you've got going on there, how you are able to support and serve these women, because I think that's really cool. And, and how, how you've built something so huge is just amazing to me. And so I'm sure you're like, okay, I don't even know how to respond to, to, to that. But, um, I would just love to hear more about it, how you're able to support women. And I'm sure our listeners are curious as well. Yeah. So I very begrudgingly started this free Facebook group two years ago, I think. Um, and I initially was like, I don't want to have a Facebook group cause then I'm going to have to like manage it. And, make rules and it's going to be hard and I'm going to have to like show up and be there every day and like be the person who has advice for everything. And it has to be the leader. And like, and I was like, I'm already doing that with the podcast multiple times a week. And now I'm going to have to also do it in this Facebook group. And it just felt really big and hard. Um, but I got some pushing from some people that I should just try it and see. And so I finally was like, okay, fine, I'll try it and see. And, uh, I set it up and within days, like two days, um, the, the stories that were coming up and the engagement of the community was mind blowing. And one of my best friends texted me, I think it was on the second day that the group was live. She texted me and she's like, do you realize what you just created? And what had happened right before that is a mom had just come in and talked about a really, really troubled experience that she was having in her marriage. And it was about abuse and potential divorce and, just a story that you would never think someone would share on Facebook with strangers. And she'd share this. She shared this in our private Facebook group. And I, and I, as I was reading it, I was like, I don't know what to do with it. Like, I don't feel qualified to offer advice to this woman who is disclosing all this information. And my friend messaged. And so I, I didn't actually comment right away on it. A whole bunch of other women commented on it and they said more than I ever could have said. And then my friend texted me. She's like, do you understand what you've just created? And I was like, holy cow. Like I had no idea what my women needed and how much they could just lean on each other, that they didn't need me to be there. They needed me to create the space and they needed me to create the sacred safe space. And in just creating the vacuum and having some simple ground rules, uh, they were able to show up and do the work. And so it's been just this ridiculously powerful experience of having women come into that space. And I'm in there a lot, but I, I went from thinking I needed to like lead every conversation and participate, you know, be the first one to comment on everything to recognizing that, Oh wait, the gift is actually letting them connect with each other and me just creating this like safe, sacred place and to make sure that it mean it continues to be safe and sacred. And so that's the free Facebook group. And People can go to shamelessmom.com slash Facebook to get into that group. Um, there's a few questions that you do have to answer just to make sure that we want to keep it safe and sacred. But um, so that's where that vacuum began. And I recognize this need for 
ongoing conversation and ongoing connection. So from there was born, um, uh, because I can only offer so many things for free between the podcast Uh, and the Facebook group. I was like, okay, I want to be able to have more of these conversations in a coaching environment, um, at a higher level and be able to offer some accountability and, and, and goal setting around transformation that clearly a lot of these moms were wanting and needing. And so I started my momentum mama's membership community out of that. Um, and so we've had that for about a year and a half now, and that's, Um, that's our, it's a paid membership community and it's phenomenal. And every week I get on calls with them. We do coaching calls every Monday around a theme. So our theme for April is building belief. And so every week we have a different, like a sub theme around building belief, which is very relevant right now in the middle of COVID. Cause there's, uh, it's, yeah. there's, it's easy to not believe in a lot of things right now. <laughs> so our beliefs have been shaken for sure. So we're focusing on building beliefs, um, in different capacities. Next week, we're going to be talking, talking about dismantling disbelief, which I'm so excited about. So that's where I do all of my coaching in that group with, in my group coaching context. And again, it's this place where women show up and they support each other in ways I just could have never imagined. And I think that, I think sometimes when we're creating things, especially as women, we think that we have to do all the heavy lifting ourselves. And sometimes we just need to create a soft place for women to be. Um, And so I sometimes have to like step back from my own, (laughs) like high need to control things and high need to be in charge to be like, hold on, like, let them be the leaders, let them do, um, do their things. And I see really beautiful things happen. So from, you know, out of our membership community, a few of them about, um, a little over a year ago, were like, Hey, we all want to meet in person because everyone's spread out all over the place. And so we had our first live event. And so that was shameless mom con um, last April and, um, exactly a year ago almost. And when we had that event, it was 50 shameless moms showed up in this, at a, this really nice hotel in Seattle. And it was like a high school reunion of best friends who hadn't seen each other in 10 years. And I, from like the moment it began, I was like, I can't even believe this is happening. Cause I, again, was like, okay, they're all going to show up here and they're not going to know each other. So I'm going to have to be like really careful and make sure everyone feels welcome and connected and blah, blah, blah. I, I basically did nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, I did coaching and this. teaching and speaking, but they just wanted the container. They wanted to get to know each other and they wanted to like finally hug each other after sharing these intimate stories. And so that's been a big, huge lesson for me, but that's kind of what the evolution has looked like. Um, as I've just built these sacred, safe, transformational spaces for, for moms to thrive. Well, I, I just learned even so much from how you describe that because I have a lot of similar objections to like creating a community. <laughs> oh no, am I responsible for everyone's happiness, which is right, really my right. problem. No one else is. Right, no, like, I totally agree. It's that's our what I control freak nature. That's like what I'm in therapy for. I'm not responsible for other people's happiness, but here we are. Right. <laughs> so, um, man, that, that was actually so interesting for me to hear because I literally have those same exact same exact objections. And it is really cool when you can kind of let go. I have seen the same thing at my retreats of, and really what it took for me to actually see this at my retreats was I go to a retreat and I do not expect the person leading it to hold my hand every second. I go make friends. Like I'm a healthy human being. I can make (laughs) friends with the other women there. And so why do I look at the retreat I host and think I need to be responsible for every single person's happiness, how they're experiencing it? What are they thinking every second of the day? Like, no, they can go make friends. And really, as a as the person participating often the thing i walk away 
that was most powerful are the friendships I made, not necessarily the teachings or it's, it's the environment that was cultivated for me by the, by the facilitator, by the host. And so I've really had to apply that to my own things because I can get so wrapped up in the responsibility for people's happiness. And that's your, your responsibility is actually to just cultivate the space. And so I'm like, that, that was really encouraging for me. So I also, can I add one thing to that? Oh, yes, please. Because I I think that when you think of those experiences that you've had where you've gone in and you're like, I'm just going to, I'm here to, like, I'm a big girl. I can make friends and make this my own experience. And I don't rely on the host to do all that for me. When you go in and you make the friends and you have the great experience and then you leave, I feel like I am always so grateful to the host. Like I give them all the credit for my friendships, even though I'm the one, even though I'm the one who's done the work to go make the new friends and learn the material and everything. So people just saying this for people in leadership or people who desire to lead that like you get the credit for building the beautiful space (laughs) and people will give you that credit and people will be so grateful for you. And that's transformational. There's this like exchange of power where you create the safe space, people learn things, they grow, they see themselves as more powerful. They are eternally grateful to you. You see yourself as more powerful. And now all of these women have more power and it's It's, so beautiful. It is. It's so true. I I attribute so many of like my business peers and friendships and people who I'm in totally reciprocal. We have deeply, you know, generous with one another relationships. I credit all of those relationships back to Amber or Anne, who are my mentors who have retreats and I've met these friends at them. And so I, I just, this was, I learned so much here. So (laughs) one thing I want to talk about before you go is kind of something you said back at the beginning, your heart is to help women take up space, to own who they are, to show up, not shrinking, but but growing, expanding, expanding is the word I was looking for. So I would love to hear more because I think I I have a story regarding this. So I've never thought of myself as someone who shrinks back. Like confidence isn't really a huge thing for me. Um, But I've started noticing it in areas. I've, I've started realizing like, oh, if I have to go against the grain of what's popular right now, and I actually have a different opinion, that's when I shrink because it's stressful to rock the boat. It's stressful to maybe face not being liked because you have a different opinion, X, Y, Z. So I had this exercise at a retreat I was recently at, and we had to act. We had to like um, mad live, improv, improv is the word mm. I'm looking for. And I have totally stresses me out. I'm already, I'm already nervous for your story. (laughs) Oh, this was so subconscious. Didn't even realize I was doing this. And I had happened like we had had photos right before that. So I was the last one. So I could very conveniently just say, oh, I'm changing after photos. And then I started answering some emails and perfect. I don't have to do the improv. And Amber, my totally mentor, do that. <laughs> Amber, my mentor came and found me and she was like, why are you hiding? Everything we've been working out this whole time is you showing up. Now you're hiding. And I was oh like, my gosh. you read my mail. And so this is a whole thing I'm working on in this season. So how, what is, what do you help women do there? Because I think we have a lot of listeners that may not even realize they're shrinking or hiding and it it brings me so much joy to see women show up because I know how much work it's taken for me to do it. Um, And so I I just love to hear more. Yeah. I love that you like caught yourself in shrinking because I think that (laughs) once you start catching yourself, you can't stop. Um, A few of the things, one of the things that especially in the last year or so, 
I've supported moms around is just little changes in language. So like take out the word sorry and take out the word just from all your communication and see what happens. And it is so hard. And once you start doing this, you can't unsee it anymore. So if you go to write an email and not use the word just, you will, you will find that you rewrite the beginning of like every email you send, because most of us start an email with just circling back, just checking in, just wondering, which this is immediate. It's an immediate shrinking behavior that says the subliminal message is, I don't want to take up too much of your space or your time because I don't think I'm worth it. So I'm going to make sure to let you know immediately that I only have this really quick need because I'm not really worthy of more than that in my own eyes, even though you might think I'm worth more than that. And so if we can take that one little word out and instead say, hey, as promised, I'm circling back, which is showing that you're a leader and true to your word, then you immediately shift the power to have. Now you're shining. And and so this is something that when you start working on it, you can't not do it. Like you'll find yourself all the time, like having to, you'll start a sentence and then be like, oh shoot, I just put just in there. Now I have to take it out. Um, So there's that piece. There's also using the word, sorry. So, you know, being in a meeting and just, and starting a statement with, or a question with, sorry, sorry, I just have a question. Sorry. Do you mind if I, sorry, sorry, sorry. So those are two big ones that women do all, all, all the time. When you catch yourself in those the flip side of those is always something that allows you to shine. So you go from shrinking to shining immediately. And so one of the examples I have noticed a lot in the last year or so is if someone holds a door for you, you tend to quickly scurry through and say, sorry, sorry, sorry. Instead of <laughs> say, instead of like walking tall, like someone has made a choice that they're willing to wait for you. They're willing to stand there and hold the door for as long as it takes you. Like they've made that mental commitment. If you could walk through that door and instead of rushing through with your shoulders hunched and you're looking down and saying, sorry, if you were to stand up taller and kind of saunter and be like, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. What's the difference of that social exchange? How does that person see you and perceive you versus running through in this tiny little like voice and this tiny little girl saying sorry over and over? And so when we do that, when we catch ourselves in these moments of shrinking and we recognize that we can shift that into a moment of shining, then we immediately have this greater sense of power. And once we do that one or two times, we can't stop doing it. Like we'll catch ourselves all the time. So I love that you caught yourself, that your coach caught you and that you let her catch you. And now you'll catch yourself every time you're trying to duck out of something and you're going to be like, oh, but I'm doing that shrinking thing again, you know, regardless of whether or not you choose to engage or not, if you choose to stick with the emails versus going and doing the, uh, the improv, um, you're going to always be able to recognize that now. Cause yes. now you know that that's something that you have a tendency to do. And so I think there's a ton of power in that in recognizing, Oh, this is where I tend to shrink. And now I want to make a commitment to overcoming that and shining. I also think that you can totally t- flat out tell people. And so if someone and, and own it, and it goes back to this thing around shame that you know, and the, I'll use the example of choreography. I can't, like, do not ever ask me to do choreography or choreograph oh, dancing. Yeah. So my business, my business coach ha- likes to have DJs and choreographed dancing at her events. And it completely freaks me out because <laughs> I am like the whitest girl dancer you've ever seen in your life. And so she multiple times has had this choreographer and a DJ and like we kick off and every time I'm like, oh God, here we go. Are there margaritas? Like if I had There's a margarita, usually there is usually fun. alcohol first. So <laughs> praise God. So that helps a lot. But um I tell people instead of like hiding in the back and being like, oh my God, I hope no one sees me. Instead, everyone knows now. I'm like, 
Hey, like I'm the white girl in the corner who hates this. Just FYI, like you can't be shameful if you completely own it. And so I completely own it. I'm like, Rachel, you know, you know, I can't handle this. And now it's just this big joke. And it's this really light, funny thing that makes it so much easier on me that I'm not like, how do I get out of it? Oh my gosh, what should I do? Instead, I'm like, here we go. This is going to be hilarious. And so you shift that, you shift the energy around it and it feels totally different. So no, I'm not anymore going to be like, how can I hide? Instead, I'm going to be like, how can I just sit here and laugh at myself for a minute? Yeah. And sometimes like shining looks like advocating for what you actually want. And so for me, I I have a similar situation recently of like, I was really I was so proud of myself after standing my ground after this, but I was at this friend's family's house and there's like eight of them in the room and they're like, I'm literally a woolly mammoth. It was December. I hadn't shaved my legs and they were all like, just wear one of our bathing suits and get in the hot tub. And I'm like, oh gosh. but I don't want to. And, and literally, I, I think they asked me 17 times and I just had to keep firmly saying like, you know what? I could do what I probably would have used to do, which is be miserable, do it to please them, make them happy. They want the, the, the rest of the family wasn't even getting in the hot tub. They just wanted us to see, to see us have fun. And I was like, but this isn't fun for me, you right. know? And right. so I'm like, I don't want to wear some, someone else's swimsuit and, you know, feel my leg hairs flow in the water. <laughs> I, I just actually want to sit inside and have a cup of coffee and catch up with you guys. And so I, I resisted the peer pressure, which was painful because it lasted hours, but I felt really proud of like, but I didn't want to do that. Not because I'm ashamed. I just don't want to. And I'm proud of myself. And you probably gave space for another woman where, whether or not they did it that day or another day to be like, oh, wait, like we get to do that. We get to say no. We get to make our own choices. And And I think there's so much power in that too, to be like, I'm going to stand my ground and you all can make your own decisions and see you later. (laughs) Yeah. And that that gives other people permission. If you get in the hot tub, have fun. I'll sit on the side, but I'm good right now. So man, Sarah, I could talk to you all day long. I've really enjoyed this. And I think, thank you. Me too. It's been so much fun. Yeah. I think this conversation is going to be really powerful um, for our listeners who are really it might make them think differently about shrinking versus shining. And I I know for me, I didn't even recognize some of my tendencies there because I think of myself as a confident person, but have simultaneously been very accommodating to everyone else's happiness and everyone else's needs um, before my own a lot of the time. And so I love everything you have to say. Where can everyone find you, keep up with you, be a part of what you're doing? So the show, The Shameless Mom Academy can be found on any podcast platform. So wherever you're listening to this show, you can listen to my show and just search for the Shameless Mom Academy. And then you can find me online if you go to shamelessmom.com. And then if you want to join our Facebook group, you can go to shamelessmom.com slash Facebook. Awesome. Well, it was such a joy to have you on. We will definitely have to continue the conversation another time. And until next time. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other.
This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Your crew has worked hard this year, so why not get them a gift to show your appreciation? Shop Lowe's for a DeWalt PowerDetect two-tool combo kit for $349, Mechanics Wear Durahide Impact Gloves at only $29.98, or how about a Metabo HPT The Tank Compressor for $199? Shop Lowe's in-store or at Lowe'sForPros.com. And while you're at it, pick up a little something for yourself, too. Lowe's, the new home for pros. While supplies last, U.S. only. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.